There we go. Episode 132 of the Mental Threads Podcast. I'm here with, you pronounce your name Nafi, right? Yup, so it's Nafi. So it's nah, like hell nah, and then fee, like paying the fee. So Nafi. That's where you got your rap name from? Okay. No, no, that's actually, that's my, that's my actual middle name. Oh. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Hebrew, but I just say it that way so people know how to pronounce it. Oh, so it's Hebrew. Yeah. Oh, what does it mean in Hebrew? Uh, so, um, in Hebrew, it means the benefactor, the bringer of good, uh, what's, what's the, it, the propitious or something like it's, it basically, it's like when I'm around, good things happen. That that's, that's kind of what the word means. It's one of the, um, it's one, so in different, so in Islam, they have different, like, I guess, names for the attributes of God. And that's one of the attributes. Oh, okay, that's cool. So yeah, it's like yeah, basically yeah. it's like a reflection of God just always bringing like positivity around. Basically, you feel me? That's the only way we could go, bro. That's that's the only way. That's <laughs> cool, man. That's cool. And so, like, when you chose this to be like your rap name, is because you like you feel like it reflects you pushing off uh positivity, or you want to bring more positivity? So was that the uh, of both really? Um, mm. and it wasn't even my original rap name. I at first I went by Nate the Great. And then I went by my real name, Nate Jolly, and then I changed it to Nafi because I just, I mean, I don't, I just felt like changing my name at that time. And now it kind of sticks and I feel like it, it better, rep- you know, to go back to the question, it better represents me. So. Oh, okay, that's cool, man. That's, that's hella cool. For real, okay. because I know picking like rap names and everything, it's always a process. Like nobody has an original rap name. We all started with one thing and then we carried over to another thing and then we carried over to something that fits, you know. Yeah, it's 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 a process, you know, but when like this one I think is gonna stick for quite some time. You know what I mean? So it has a lot of significance for me now. You know what I'm saying? My um my dad was the one who gave me that, that middle name. So on top of what it means, you know what I'm saying? So I think I'm gonna stick with it. Okay, would you say you come from a highly like religious family or whatnot, or is it just like it's just something that they just thought to name you? Uh it's not religious per se. So my uh my granddad on my dad's side, um, he was Muslim. Um and I actually have a copy of um his original Quran with me. Um, but we didn't really like I didn't grow up too religious with like my parents were together. Um, I grew up in the South, so obviously, you know, there's a whole lot of Bible action, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but even, even then, like, I've more so been in a space of, you know, that's why I love the podcast name. You know, we always been cultivating the mind, you know, keeping the mind sharp, things of that nature. You know what I mean? So I've always, I, I've been gifted with, uh, being around a lot of self-aware people, having self-aware parents, you know what I'm saying? Have, do, having some role models to kind of counteract all the other shenanigans that happen. Um, but yeah, bro, like, so it's, it's, we've always been kind of in that space. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So I, yeah. I like how you're digging, like, so you dig the whole mental threads uh, theme and everything and the logo and everything. Yeah, bro. Cause um, another one of my homeboys, um, his name is Kato. Uh, he started something called the 47 club and he always he always says like stay dangerous a sharp mind is everything you know what oh. i mean so and even and even like the reason certain things are happening in the world is because people are actually mental threats you know what i'm saying like if you really sit back and analyze i guess as far as you know uh major companies things of that nature um 
they want your they want your attention. Your attention comes from your mind. So you are literally you, you see what I'm saying? Like you, you're fighting kind of against that tide of like people that want to have your mind. So to them and to, for people that are like think out of the box, you mm-hmm. can call them mentally dangerous. You feel me? So or they will be deemed mentally dangerous. Well, and even on. you know what I mean? Like it, we can flip it a number of ways. You know what I mean? You know the vibe. But, but keep yeah. in mind, it's called the mental threads, like a thread on a needle type. You know, not, oh. not mental threads. <laughs> no, it's okay. Good, good viewpoint of how, it, how you see it. But yeah, mental threads, like because the logo you see is like it's a brain getting woven and everything. Yeah, like, uh, but even st- like needle is a dangerous object. <laughs> One, yeah. but even as far as like threads are concerned, you know, we threads connect each other. So. Yeah. That's just kind of how I saw it, that, you know, it just kind of like we're all pretty much threaded together through this podcast and everything. And it's just like, you know, I feel like the mind is a very um, it's not something that you want to waste. And it's just something like once better woven, it can be something uh, used uh, for the positive and that gen- that generates um, a more thermal type energy uh, in terms of just inspiring others. So, you know, that's, right. kind of like, that's kind of like all the stuff I wanted to touch upon. Like, it's very, it's a pretty good logo and everything, you know. It's something I could put on a shirt, maybe, maybe put on some merchandise. Once I get to that stage, like, you know, that's how I'm working as hard as I can to really, like, push it to that point. And uh, <laughs> stuff of that nature. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, back uh, to you. Uh, as you spoke uh, before we hopped on uh, this podcast, you said that you were uh, originally born in Boston. How long do you spend time in Boston? Um, so I was originally there when I was, um, till about four years old, moved to South Carolina. Um, and I actually didn't get to go back to visit till I got older. Um, Mm. I haven't been recently in like, I want to say about a year or so. Um, Mm. yeah, it's been about a year now. Um, but yeah, man, like I, I, I enjoyed the city to an extent, like, cause I love nature too. So like, yeah, I love being in the city, being active, you know, being around. My dad still stays up there. My brother still stays up there. Um, I like being in, in that area. But, hey, <laughs> I like I like touching some grass every now and again, every now and again you know. So um, I enjoy the area, definitely. Okay, cool. Can you describe, like, you know, just how the area, like, is not Why don't you describe it to a certain degree? Like, let's describe it on a social uh, level. I know, like, with the whole Boston Celtics and everything, I know there's a whole yeah. lot of, like, uh, a whole lot of uh, New England fans uh, for the New England Patriots out there and uh, stuff of that nature and everything. Um, and I know there's a lot of Jamaicans that uh, that stay there. Ooh, there's know. actually a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of Haitians in the area for real, for real. Oh, you're Haitian, right? That's the no, I'm no, I know. So my from my understanding, my heritage is uh, Tanzanian and Ethiopian. Oh, um, that's cool. That's yeah. Haitian. Um, and then my. Uh, on my mom's side, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they're related to the. They might it might be the Seminole tribe. Not sure. I got to do a little bit more research on that. Um, but as far as culture is concerned, it's you're gonna find some of everything. You know, the Italian culture is definitely up there. We just talked about the Haitian culture is up there. Um, Jamaicans are there for sure. Um, let me see what else. Uh, the music scene is is different. Um, there's definitely different parts of it growing. Uh, and, you know, when it comes to artistry, you know, you got to know the folks. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to find your pocket there. But I haven't dived in the music scene in Boston long enough to um, really, like, see what's going on, what's going on. 
Um, definitely tried to go. I've been to some art festivals and things like that, um, but I haven't really performed too, too much up there. My brother still stays up there, so he'd be keeping me hip on everything. But, yeah, man, it's definitely diverse up there for sure. Definitely. Okay, that's cool. Maybe I can should uh, pull up out there maybe one day and whatnot because they definitely got the Celtic. I know uh, Jason Tatum seems to be doing pretty well out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's like I saw. I know you spoke about your heritage being like uh, Ethiopian and Tanzanian, and uh, on your mother's side, uh, it's more Native American, correct? Yeah, or what you would consider Native American. What I consider Native American. Okay, that's yeah. cool. That's like that's yeah, yeah, like- yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've definitely get, gotten confused as to what the real Native American looks like. It looked like us, you feel me? But they try to tell you something else. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah, that's no, that yeah. Yeah, but that, that's cool that you got like two different cultures. Do you ever like celebrate those cultures on your Native American side and your Tanzanian and uh, um, Ethiopian side? Like, how, how do you celebrate all those different sides of cultures? Or um, I I've been learning that like a lot of them really are kind of the same in a lot of ways. Um, I'm not one that just studies one particular culture. So of course I study mine, understand the history of things and all of that. Um, but I like to look at other cultures as well. And you'd be surprised how similar some of them are. Um, so really it's just, for me, it's really about principle. You know, it's really about understanding uh, or overstanding, like just, not necessarily the practices per se, you know, I, I honor all practices do do whatever you do that mm-hmm. works for you. Um, but the, the key thing is always just the principle, you know, what, what is that thing actually teaching you? Like, how can you apply it in your life? You know, like what, how, how does it make you think? How does it make you feel type thing? It's a principle for me is everything. Um, and then, I, you know, I'm always learning about different practices or learning new practices concerning those cultures or any other ones, you know. So it's I ain't going to say I'm not going to sit here and say I'm an expert or like nothing like that. But I'm I'm always definitely in the space of learning. OK. Um, is there anything that you learn more about the Seminole uh, tribe and everything and uh, anything about their culture that sticks out to you or that you vibe with a lot? Um, let me see. Um, there was an invention that the Seminole are responsible for, and I cannot remember it off the top of my head, and I don't want to Google it. Um, and I think it's related to, I think someone in the Seminole tribe, well, I know we created the cotton gin, Mm. um, but I think that the Seminole had an earlier version of it, um, Mm. before it got, you know, quote unquote, popularized or what have you. Um, and then really it's just like, what always interests me is like when you look at, uh, some of these tribes, um, or even when you look at how they dress, like you can see certain patterns within our people and you can kind of see like how, like I'll look at some, some of the Seminole tribe pictures and they look kind of like they literally look almost like some of my family members. So I was like, hmm, like stuff like that is always interesting to me. Um, of course, the dress, right? They, you can definitely see the quote unquote Native American aspect of it, but it's not too far off from like what you, what you would see in other places during that particular time. Um, so like, you know, as far as like having feathers and things of that nature, um, the colors, like those types of things. Mm-hmm. And it seemed that the Seminoles weren't no slouch either. I mean, I know that like they're 
fighting against the Americans a lot, actually, especially in the yeah, they, they, yeah, they, <laughs> they weren't taking shit from nobody. Like what? Take yeah. who's my and you know, in the in in traditional history, they say like the Seminole made like a pact or whatever, but it's more so like they kind of just kept swinging until they couldn't swing no more type five. So, mm. at least at least to my knowledge, well, it's good to know that they still went out fighting. You know, like not yeah. too many people like. Um, I mean, facing like America at that time and what they had and everything from the slave ships and all this other stuff. You know, it's like. Yeah, America was like even like great in the British and everything, but they were like just built different at that time. Where it's just like they're just instead of using their inventions to improve the world, they used it to just straight up just just ruin so many parts of it. You know what I'm saying? So it's just mm-hmm. how they even tried to fight that. You know, that's kind of like how Tom Cruise and that woman was fighting like in a War of the Worlds. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I always attribute it to that because it's like just for the in- inventions and the technology advancements. That they were fighting against and everything except like you know uh, it was like it was kind of opposite with like how like um in this case in the like, history case a lot of like the uh the british were bringing like smallpox to like poison the indians so it was like a warfare on that and the biological warfare on that end and how like in war of the worlds it's like the aliens got sick from all the bacteria that we had so it's just mm. yeah it's, it's, it's crazy weird dynamics ain't it yeah i mean it's definitely like well, when it comes to their inventions, it's kind of, or the inventions used, um, you know, it's the same concepts that have always been around. It's because, like you said, they kind of use them for violence. And, you know, even when you, that's a great point you bring up about the war of the worlds and, you know, <laughs> the wars in the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy how, like, those ideas kind of correlate. And for me, it always makes me ask, okay, well, hmm. If that's what they're depicting in the movie, you know, take it metaphorically and maybe you could find some answers as to what happened back then. You know what I mean? Like, so that's an interesting point you brought up. I like that. For mm-hmm. sure. No, no, for real and everything. And it's just like, that's cool that you got like roots in like America and everything, uh, like the real, real roots in like America and everything. So this is like, you have more reason to be here than like a lot of people, but they'd be saying like, oh, this is our country. You can't be in this country. Like, you know, build a wall, blah, blah, blah. When it's really the Native Americans, it should be more up to and everything in regards to who should stay and who should leave. <clears throat> it was their place before. Yeah, the, 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 you know, a lot of people get into the border debates and, and things of that nature, but, you know, a lot of that is political. Mm-hmm. We, yep. uh, we as melanated people, you know, we've been all over the world, exactly. uh, like for 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 a long time. You know what I mean? So, of course, we definitely had uh, differences between each type of race, or I won't say race, but each type of culture. But the globe is open. You know what I mean? Like we, we we've always traveled all around the world. That's why we can find certain relics here, or you know, um we can find certain relics here or we can go across the world and see something similar that's the same as like the maya or aztec culture you know what i mean like so yeah i know what you're talking about like we have an influence all over the world basically with the pyramids and the aztec culture and the pyramids and the um the dang uh what you call it um egypt and so on and all sorts of places from there yeah no i feel what you mean and like how the olmecs faces look very similar to like you know like features of uh folk of like sub-saharan origins of that nature so it's like yeah mm-hmm. not 
on that degree. You know, we are in, in a very ancient, we, we do come from like an ancient, ancient, you know, side of humanity. So it's like, you know, we've been here for a while, while, you know, and yeah. I think that's just wonderful and crazy at the same time. Um, but it's like, uh, in regards to your more Tanzanian and Ethiopian roots, I know Ethiopia was like a republic that couldn't seem to be conquered and everything from, yeah, and everything, which is like this really, which I feel there's like a holiness I see in about Ethiopia because it's like, you know, that is the place uh, where uh, Hale Selassie was born and they claim to be uh, the direct descendants of, um, was it King David or King Solomon? It was one of those. Well, if if they were Solomon, then they they would still technically be related to David anyway. So, I mean, yeah, and everything. So yeah, Ali Salase, because that's like the root of Rastafarianism. I, I think it's because they because they mm-hmm. like um Ali Salase was of the of the holy of, of holy lineage and everything. I I feel like a lot of that has to do with like Ethiopia surviving that because you know colonialism that was a very wicked experience so for them to even be covered and training animals to fight against those armies too like lions and stuff you know they like that's that's a bible story in itself yeah man and you know it i think it speaks to maybe even just the the power of uh that particular place itself because it like you said if it was able to survive all of these things and how special is that place because you know the truth never lies. The truth is never. The truth is always going to be there, regardless, no matter how many lies we're surrounded by or what happens. So, you know, there may be some truth in or around Ethiopia that we 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 should take a look at and you know see see what we can find. You know, like a lot of a lot of places in ancient times were were referencing Ethiopia. It just wasn't called that during that time. You know what I mean? So yeah, what was it called back in the day? I know. Um, I think it was called. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head either. Yeah, I I don't, like when it. So usually when I when I do a lot of research, I I focus on the principle of it. Like like I said, always like the the main point versus like getting super lost in like okay, it was called that during eighteen oh three, and then in eighteen oh nine it was. You know, um, not to say that I forget any of my sources, but I like I just love focusing on what they were trying to teach rather than who was teaching it, if that makes sense. But yeah, I cannot remember what the ha- I can't remember what it was called back in the day. Yeah, um, I, what was it? I think Kemet is what Egypt was called back in the day. Right? Yeah, Kemet Kem- was Egypt. Um, uh, a lot of Kemet's science and a lot of the things they learned actually came from what we would call Ethiopia. Mm. So, um, and it, yeah, I, I double check on that. Um, but yeah, Kemet got a lot of that stuff from Ethiopia because the Ethiopian kings were, had a lot of that stuff before Egypt ever got as quote unquote famous as it did. Yeah, and a again, lot of the Romans were, and the Greek people would go to schools in Africa to get mm-hmm. education. They brought a lot of that image back to Greece and Rome. Yeah, <laughs> man, they just they got they got the game. They took it back. They absorbed it, flipped it, and you know the rest is his story, not our story. His story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but literally, those a lot of like uh, hot spots of knowledge in Africa in itself. You know, like 
Um, I know even like a lot of people like wanted to, in Africa back in the day wanted to go to uh, Timbuktu just to get educated. And right. Sorts of things. You know, Timbuktu was a hotspot of uh, education and whatnot. And I thought that was mad crazy. When you hear the term Timbuktu, a lot of people don't really say anything positive, like in Western culture, like, oh, yeah, this is an African city. Then you yeah, because they think, because, you know, that's where, like, the phrase from here to Timbuktu. So they saying here to note, like, they, they have this impression that Timbuktu is nowhere. But, it yeah, like, a lot of the places we think are just not. We don't even see all the images of what Africa really looks like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they only show us the desert and the and the huts and, the, and all and of that poverty and stuff there. of that nature and then like there'll be whole mansions out there and everything uh, mm -hmm. place to place you know i feel like i feel like a lot of i feel like we should consider all just going back to africa honestly i feel like there should be a point in black american history where we just all need to just push a uh uh a mighty migration back to africa you know i feel uh, like, it, i I'm kind of 50-50 on that because, again, like, I think we should focus more on what should be learned from Africa rather than necessarily going there, like, living there. Because if you, it like, I've heard stories of our people going over there saying, hey, we're back home, and the Africans like, you're not from here. You know what I mean? Or, like, you you weren't born here. So why, well, not born, but you're, they can, t like, they can, t I don't know what it is because I haven't been yet. But they just like have this thing where they say, okay, you're 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 melanated, but you're not us African. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that you know, that that begs us to explore this land. Because we gotta remember too, like all these lands was connected at one point. Mm -hmm. So even though we like so the east coast of the United States lines up with the west coast, yeah, the west coast of Africa. So, you know, there's they were all one land at one point. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Queen Khalifa. Um, oh. She's actually the, the Khalifa is the reason why California has its name. Um, and she was actually sent from Africa to these lands, and and she had her own. Um, she had her own empire and etc. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, then again, when we talk about the Native American tribes or what they deem to call Native American or the, the original people that were, because I don't want to get too deep into like the slavery part of it, but it's kind of like... It's all right, take your time. I, I feel like there, for me, more proof, there should be like, there should be more proof of slave ships if that many slaves came over here. Like there should be way more ships that we found or have pictures of or have insight on. If there were like, I, they change the number all the time, but it's like millions of slaves basically. So where did all these millions come from? And again, we don't have the technology like we do, so they wasn't on no cruise liner. You know what I'm saying? So the cost might have been different, the length of the trip might have been different, and so on. So it's like. For me, there's a couple questions I got as far as that is concerned. But yeah. going back to the original point, like I think we should explore the lands here first and, and find out all we can about where we're at right now. And then be like, all right, we learn it. We we kind of know what, what America got going on. It got some things over here, some whoop de whoop there. All right, now let's go to Africa and and you know what I'm saying, explore and, and all of that. 
I think a lot needs to change on this land. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. we definitely need to explore it a little bit more because I feel like it's some things that are that are untapped. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, but it's like um, I feel like building relations between Black American culture and uh, uh, African culture. I feel like that would do a lot of healing from like you know the diaspora and like the mainland people to definitely respect the help. because like you know when you think about it, even like places like for a lot of the Chinese in America, like you mess with Chinese people here in America, they know who to go to and everything. They go back to the home away, and then it's like the Chinese would be like, oh, you know, we're not going to do business with you, and that hurts Americans like pockets. And everything where it's like for us, like for a lot of people in the states of black uh, American folk, it's like it always feels like there's nowhere to go to, you know, I feel like we have to beg for our own like humanity here in the states. And, you know, like I'm African and everything. And like my P, like I, I my family focus from Liberia, which is like literally the first attempt at sending slaves um, to Africa to do their own thing and everything. Yeah. And, like they started carrying a lot of the ideologies of you know lighter skin. They thought they were more advanced, the the slaves and stuff, and uh, that uh, that would cause issues within the indigenous people and uh, um those people and whatnot. And it's like I feel like a lot of that could have been avoided had we just been uh, treated each other more fairly. You know, I feel like uh, as folk we tend to uh, uh, seem to be we're tribalistic, but we're tribalistic internally instead of like externally. And I feel like that's mm. You know what I mean? Like it's always yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, and we're trying to chop up between okay, you're from East Side, you're from this neighborhood, you're, you're part of this gang. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, it's too much mm-hmm. competition within our own system when we should be collaborating together more often. It's when we collaborate, we create things like pyramids and uh, create things like Black Wall Street. You know what I'm saying? We make wonders when we collaborate. So why don't we collaborate right. more? That's what I'm saying. Definitely, man. Like we and I, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, there shouldn't be any like. Uh, one of one of my quotes is separation is the greatest myth. Like we think that we're separate when we're really not, because even the like so even the water that connects where we are right now to Africa is still on the same plane. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to travel by boat or travel by air and what have you. So, like we we need to bridge those gaps because even even the things that we're using to separate like. It's so it's like a paradox, but it's like the more we realize we're separate, the more we realize we're the same. So mm-hmm. it's 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 really it's really like unique, like it's just like a like a mind trick in a way. But you know, we we gotta Dude, way like said, when we when we come together, man. It's like we do everything, we and everything and anything. Um, we just have to. I I often like think about you know, are people willing to start coming together? You know what I mean? Because we know what happens when we come together. So then we have to deal with what's separating us or what we think separates us and kind of come to conclusions about those things before we can kind of come together. So like, okay, if it's a quote unquote religious debate, then what's the issue? Okay, what things do we have in common with these? All right, so how it's still saying, look, worship the creator, however you worship, love your neighbor, don't do nothing crazy, you know what I'm saying, protect your family, you know what I'm saying? So, like, the focus should be those things and, you know, the individual aspects, like, just because a Muslim may pray five times a day and only pray once a day, that's, I mean, we both praying, you know what I'm saying? So it's like. Yeah. 
it's just like you know prayer and everything and reconnecting with god and whatnot i feel like the i feel like we need to start connecting with each other i feel like that's the next step that uh that I feel like will even bring us even closer. You know what I mean? Because then it's just yeah, like yeah. a lot of the dysfunction that goes on in the world, not even just in uh, in the Americas here with the diaspora, but also even back home. Like, it's so there's so many different sides to it. I feel like here in America, I feel like we we're pretty much more wising up to who, who to what the issues is, like systematically and everything. And I feel like a lot of Africans kind of are too, but it's like, you know, at the same time, they're kind of ignorant to like, like exactly like how, like the type of power that they have, like sitting on a bed full of resources and anything. Like there's no reason why like there should be superpowers like China and uh, um, America who desperately need resources from our country and then, like, our country being so out of balance and then just so, like, you know, I don't want to say it's all crazy because there are some good parts and everything and in and, and, uh, Africa. But I just feel like, you know, at the same token, like, you know, it's just I just feel like there's always something missing. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we yeah. can pretty much help both ends if we just reconnect together. You know, I feel like a lot of. Um, of the Africans born here in a, in America and lived in America their whole lives should definitely take that trip. Whether they want to go to Liberia or Nigeria or Ghana, Ghana being probably the best option because they actually would offer citizenship to Black Americans um, mm -hmm. as opposed to other countries, which is wild. I don't know why Liberia doesn't do the same because like that's a country founded by Black Americans. Um, but it's like, um, I feel like that would really help, like, you know, really not only just build relations, but kind of heal on both ends. Like, if they really saw, like, the kind of troubles a lot of uh, us are kind of facing here in America, in America, I feel like a lot of us would uh, take better steps to um, uplift our people as opposed to keep us stagnant and hold us back, you know? Yeah, I 100% I, agree with that, man. Like, regardless of what the differences are, that, like, we're still on the same planet. So, that there either has to be some kind of reconciliation or some sort of respect and honor for what other people are going through in order for us to kind of build collectively. Like, so yeah, I'm with you on that for sure. Oh yeah, most definitely. No, seriously. And are, have you been to Tanzania or Ethiopia? Or do you Man, plan I have not, yo. <laughs> I am like, that's, that's one of the places that's on my, but like I have a whole list of places that I want to go um, once I get my passport. And that's def Tanzania, Ethiopia, uh, mm. Egypt for sure is on there. Yep. Um, Kenya's on there. Um, Ghana, of course. Too easy not to go to Ghana. Um, what else? Um, you should you should pass by Liberia sometime. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't see why not. <laughs> I mean, they, their main language is English, so it's like you know. Okay. Okay. Where? Yeah. So it's yeah, like yeah, you ain't gotta learn no separate language or nothing. Yeah, that's what's up. Okay. Yeah, I'll check it out for sure. Definitely something to consider because it's just like, you know, like a lot of the American influence kind of fell onto Liberia to a certain degree, you know, because it was found by uh, U.S. slaves and a lot of them were uh, stationed in Virginia and everything. So a lot of the architecture is very much uh, similar to that of Virginian uh, um, architecture of that time, you know, so you okay. wow. see a lot of houses that are kind of built like, not like plantation houses, but look kind of similar. So, you know, that's okay. just how capable they were um, back in those times. And also, like, it was because of Black Americans, we got cornbread in Liberia, you know? Like, yeah. I hey, I, look, man, don't, don't talk me my cornbread, man. I got a homeboy. He made a song called Jiffy. And it was about, it wasn't about, it, it was a it was a play on cornbread and then, like, a female. But, yeah. <laughs> 
Nah, I love I, I, I love Cornbread. Dog. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, no, seriously, I'm just saying they got cornbread down there, man. They got a whole lot of good foods and everything. Man, I don't know see, what... if they, you tell, so you telling me I can find soul food in Africa? That's what you telling me right now. I mean, African food is soul food. It's just full of <laughs> flavor. You know what I mean, man? American, uh, in uh, specifically American influence. Honestly, all I know for sure is uh, they got. I know like collard greens is one thing, obviously, but it's cooked differently. You know, they just cook it differently, but they definitely got the cornbread for sure. Okay. That's one of the main connections. That's why I was like, I, when I heard that they got cornbread here in America and a black uh, Americans make cornbread, I'm like, oh, I thought that was like an African thing. I didn't think it was like a, a all over the place thing, but it's like, you know, they brought it here. Though. So it's just like, I'm just saying it's not impossible for us to connect on more things, you know? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, not at, no, I don't, I never would say it's impossible. You know, nothing's really impossible. Like, it's just, we just got to find them common threads and take the time to like really, it, like I said, it's about that, it's about that understanding and about respect. Cause yo, if you can go and say yo, you like cornbread, I like cornbread. Sure, let's make. You know what I'm saying? Like it takes. Yeah, no, sure. It only takes one. Yeah, no, seriously. I feel like a lot. Of, one of the main reasons I feel like one of the main things I feel like it kind of helps in the media is, uh, um, for instance, uh, the Black Panther movie. Like I know the new Black Panther movie came out of Wakanda Forever. And everything else. It's just like showing that presentation on a first guy feel that kind of makes a lot of black Americans make more interested in regards to that uh, circle and whatnot. You know, got to check it out. Have you checked out the new Black Panther movie? I haven't. Uh, you need to. I feel like it could be a tearjerker. I, I didn't really cry for this one, but I feel like I was very sad that I'd be like, man, Chadwick Boseman really isn't going to be playing the Black Panther anymore. Like, you know, damn. Like, yeah. I was really looking forward to versus Namor, but it, it's all right. But uh, anyway, uh, hold on one second. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. The second half of it. All right. Um. So yeah, we were speaking about a whole lot about about things in, our, in regards to like reconnecting with roots and uh, in Africa. I know you say you want to go to Tanzania and Egypt and uh, and stuff of that nature. I know you want to touch on uh, Ghana and Nigeria also, right? Mm-hmm. All, all, man. If I could, yo. I would take like my goal is to at least I want to travel the world, man. I want to go to everywhere at least once, like if if possible, you know. And I mean, not just go there and oh, look at the monument. Oh, look at the no. I want to be where you know the people that you know live this day to day and and really like I want to go have I want to go to these places and have an authentic experience, not just some tourist attraction type. Nah, I want to go like, okay, what's what's the hot spot on the other side of town that nobody know about that, you know, that that's how I want to get it in. So, yeah, no, I feel that for sure, man. It's just, Africa is definitely the place I want to definitely visit for sure. I definitely got a whole lot of family in Liberia and everything. Like, so I definitely want to touch base with my folks back in Liberia. Once I get my passport, I'm hoping to get my passport in, de- in December. That's definitely on the bucket list. Uh, now yeah. that I got this new job and everything, I definitely want to knock that definitely out the bucket list um, before the end of this year. Um, and it's like, yeah, this stuff of that nature, definitely want to go to Brazil. You know, there's a large African diaspora that's poured into Brazil. A lot of people don't know there's more of the African diaspora that made it to Brazil and that are living in Brazil currently than there is in the United States. A lot of people don't know that. I, I did not know that till you just said it. Yeah, we're all learning something. Um, but it's like, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's definitely something like I just want to check out for sure. Brazil, um, 
Uh, definitely want to uh, maybe Japan too. I know that's outside of the uh, balance and everything. Japan, uh, France, Paris, uh, the United Kingdom, and come. We'll definitely want to see what that's all about out there. Um, but it's like, uh, yeah, man, it's just uh, Toronto. I definitely want to check in with uh, Canada and everything. Oh, yeah. Check in with their universal health care and stuff out there for sure, man. I got a friend out there and she's like, she wants to move down here to America. I'm like, why? <laughs> Um, I mean, it's cool to visit, but I don't want to stay. <laughs> if I had a choice to like to live somewhere else, I'm not gonna be living in America. That's for sure. Uh, I would live in America only in select places, though. Like, I would, I would live in a place where it's easy to access travel. Uh, yeah. like, if I can travel, if I can get to and from that particular place with no issues, then yeah, we solid. We can rock there. But if it's like, you know, um. Like see, like somewhere like Seattle, I heard Seattle's crazy. Like you know what I mean? It, you you know you pick your spots. But oh, yeah, surely. A yeah. lot of people are trying to move to Texas, you know, which is crazy. Uh, Texas is a a very lax state, um, politically. So you know you kind of get away with a lot. So. Oh really? I'd be thinking like maybe it's just like um Alabama or Missouri where they're just trying to focus on trying to get people, you know, get black people in jail and everything, you know. Man, them con that's a whole nother conversation, man. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I feel like the so, deeper yeah, south you go, the more crazy it is, you know? Yeah. That's just like my ideology um with that and uh stuff of that nature. Um but anyway, uh, I know we spoke about like you know being all over the world and different cultures and everything, but let's get back to you and the music thing. Um I know it's like you dropped that whole uh EP. This is an EP basically, the whole morphing time uh EP. Yeah, man. It's a short EP. Um, I just I wanted to have local produce like local um producers that are from like the North South Carolina area. You know, I wanted to have them on a project where I could say, "Hey, these are some dope producers in the area. Check them out. Um, promote it." You know, so I was just like, "Hey, I'm just gonna go ahead and I'll, I'll drop an EP." Um, and the concept kind of came later, but yeah, man. Um, I enjoyed making it. It was actually a lot of fun. Um, oh. even though it's real short, like I'm, I didn't want to make it too long. Um, I just felt like rapping. So I was like, yeah, get on some, some beats and I'm just rap. I ain't going to worry about, you know, song making and things of that nature. Just do, lo- do what I love to do. Oh yeah, no, surely. And, uh, in regards to the whole morphing time concept with Power Rangers, how do you feel like that kind of like, um, uh, resonates with you artistically like if there's something about Power Rangers that kind of just sticks out to you it's like you know or something in your childhood or something like that was like you know like yes like this is this is going to be a good concept foundation for this tape um it was really a combination of all of those things um I grew up watching Power Rangers I damn near saw all of them except some of the newer ones which I thought was kind of like mid but whatever mm-hmm. um so you know I grew up watching it obviously the teamwork aspect um, you know, the action scenes back then, I was like, yo, this is crazy. But you get older, you're like, eh, okay. Um, yeah, as a kid, but, Power Rangers know. was the shit, man. I, I think my favorite, you know I feel like it was t- Don- Donald Thunder or maybe SPD. I like SPD because I like they SPD got the black, they got the black Ranger, as the, they got the Red Ranger as a black dude with dreads and everything. People don't realize like how groundbreaking that is. Like, I know they have a black Ranger, like, they had a black Ranger like before that too, but it was just like with dreads and everything. That's like that's what I love about Power Rangers. Like, they, they had the whole rapper, and he was a re- see, the thing is, he SPD. He was the Red Ranger. Like usually, the power, like the the Black Power Ranger, yeah. is the Black Power Ranger. If you get what I'm saying. 
So, yeah. but to so but to have the lead ranger be melanated with locks, like, come on, bro. Yes, no, it, it started out as a bit of a criminal to transitioning to actually being the leader of the squad. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool too. Like, seriously, I thought that was yeah. real, real cool. Now Ninja, Ninja Storm was my favorite. Like, I'm not a kid no more, but it's like, dang, you know. Yeah, Ninja Storm was my favorite. Like, it was just good. Like, it was just so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, actually, I love that. One. Yeah, yeah, actually, Ninja Storm, yeah, that was actually one of my favorites, too, uh, growing yeah. up. Um, I think, uh, what was another one with the Black Ranger, Black Red Ranger, I think? Um, the one, uh, what was it called? Um, I think it was called, uh, yeah, Power Rangers Turbo. Yeah, I think that was the one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got to love Turbo. Like, <laughs> love it. Like, I had to yeah. look up uh, Red, Black Ranger. It's like, okay, there's a Turbo one, SPD. Um, RPM and then the Beast Morphers, I think, is what's up right now. But it's like, yeah, they had multiple Black Red Rangers, you know, and I feel like that's very important, you know, for representation wise, you know what I mean? Definitely, for sure. Both of those real mad, mad, mad cool. Um, yeah. But anyway, were there any, um, in regards to like uh, the other artists, I know you mentioned something about, you know, morphing uh, within music and everything. Do you feel like, you know, it's like, is your time to pretty much morph in the music like that? Like, uh, it was it was me, um, uh, not necessarily morphing into music per se because I've been making music forever. Mm. Um, but it's really more like more so morphing into a better version of myself because mm. even when you think about the concept of Power Rangers, it's like before they got they get the morpher, they just some regular degular whatever whatever, but they're like a good hearted person. But it's just like they just either they can't catch a break or you know whatever whatever. But then they stumble upon the Power Ranger aspect, and now all of a sudden, they're they become different. They they not only morph in the sense of like okay, they get the suit and they get the powers and all of that, but they actually change as people as well. So, um, it was my way of kind of like showing that hey, I'm gonna change as a person. So here is some of my sentiments about that, and then that's where the song concepts came from. Whether we're talking about OG Tommy Oliver, because you know Tommy Oliver was Tommy. He's been every kind of Power Ranger under the sun. They keep bringing him back, even though he old now. Like from um, something like Saba's Time Machine, which a lot of people love. That's actually based on Saba the the sword. So it's and Saba was like a sentient being. So mm-hmm. Saba's Time Machine. So it's you know that that kind of that's a little that's that one's a little left field as far as concept wise. Um, but uh, the goal was kind of to draw parallels between Power Ranger themed things, um, where I am now, where I came from, and where I'm going as far as you know my music and things of that nature. So this tracks that's going to be braggadocious. There's parts that's going to be braggadocious. There's parts that's going to be reflecting on the past. Um, there's parts that's going to talk about how I am now. You know what I mean? So. That so it's kind of even the the name morphing time. It's of course about Power Rangers, but then it's literally morphing time. So I'm I'm talking from different uh, time perspectives in my life throughout the project. So it's 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 simple on the surface, you know, but it it, it definitely um it definitely gets a little 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 deep deeper than rap. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's how I, I always you know, do my projects, you know, I try to, or I strive to, um, uh, really flush out a concept and not just, and, and, you know, leave no stone unturned. Can't get everything, but, you know, I do my best to 
um, get the idea across and be as creative as possible. So, oh yeah, I'm no, a big, good. I'm a big, I'm a big conceptual artist, man. I love concepts. Yeah, no, concept is really that's like that's really gonna get the replayability uh, pushing forward and everything. Um, because it's like you know, like to dedicate a whole EP to like Power Rangers is like you know it's kind of unheard of. You know, it's like you know not, not many uh, grown folks really jump back into. Power Rangers, like, you know, the first idea I had, like, with Power Rangers being, like, in my music, was, like, you know, I thought I saw the song Tommy Oliver, and I'm like, dang, I wanted to make a song called Tommy Oliver, and I was like, <laughs> oh, like, oh my gosh, like, did somebody already beat me to the punch, and stuff of that nature, you know, I was still trying to figure out what the concept would be, how it would sound, because I would listen to different beats, like, maybe different hooks and stuff, uh, like, nature, like, Tommy is such, like, a uh, an iconic character with that franchise, so it's just, like, you know, you want to be, like, just as iconic uh, in that sense, to to rap and hip hop as a whole, you know, when people think yeah, and that, that was exactly like that. where the concept of yeah. OG Tom Oliver came from was to be like, okay, however Tommy is in Power Rangers, that's me, <laughs> like you know, um, and that's one of those tracks where, obviously, I'm feeling myself a little bit, you know, and 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 being in that type of mode, and that's really more so like, um. You know, I know we talked about before we got on, like, you know, where do I see myself as far as music is concerned? And that track is pretty much the answer. Like, you know, that's kind of what, like, I see myself as that type of um, artist where, you know, not to say I'm the quote unquote best or most powerful or, or, you know, what have you, but really just like, you know, the work speaks for itself type of thing. Yeah, no, seriously, man. It's just like, you know, like, it's like, and the cool thing is, like, he'd be doing, like, MMA and everything. Like, I always thought it was just, well, the person that plays, like, the character Tommy Oliver. <laughs> and yeah. does MMA and stuff of that nature. But just, like, the whole concept of the Green Ranger with the whole uh, flute and the, the flute knife thing. Well, it was called a Saba, right? Yeah, it's called Saba, yeah. Yeah, and it was just, like, just playing the flute and then summoning this giant, like, uh, Godzilla Megasword and everything. And it was, like, freaking just killing all the other, like, uh, Power Rangers and stuff. You know, like, that's a crazy, it's just, he was just such an amazing character, even for a kid's show and everything. Yeah. It's just like, man, like, dude, like, this dude really had us on the ropes. Like, man, are they going to kill this dude or what? Are they going to ruin the Power Rangers or what? Like, what's going to happen here? And it's just like, you know, I just think that was pretty uh, rad with that uh, also. And it's yeah. just for you to kind of revive that concept. Do you think about making, like, another EP concept uh, in regards to touching on, um, um, back in the day, shows like Power Rangers, in, in a sense, like, like well, well, see, so one thing, so um, uh, the name of my brand is Poe Perception over everything. Um, and my goal is really to just spread, like, in short, raise our awareness. You, you know, you have the Mental Threads podcast, right? So it's connecting those mental threads and seeing how we can get some pretty, so we can catch some wisdom real wisdom off of things that would actually surprise you so you know um i've I've done like anime type raps before but rather than just being like oh i'm the hardest like gara like you know what i'm saying instead of like small bars like that i kind of get a little bit more existential with it i'm definitely that is really one of my goals like is to continue to like the interesting thing about how I rap and how I make music and, you know, my company's purpose and all of that is that no, there won't be any stone left unturned, you know? So when it comes to, you know, what I would make an album about, man, I could make a Naruto album. I could make a DBZ album. Mm -hmm. I could 
make like a God of War album. I can make like an Assassin's Creed out. You know what I'm saying? There isn't really like if we're talking like pop culture nerd stuff or not. You know what I'm saying? Like I can make a car album. Like it. That's just how my mind works already. So to do something like that again, like it ain't no thing, man. <laughs> it's just about picking the right concept for where I am at that time. So yeah, yeah, man. That's that's crazy, man. No, seriously. Um, it's just like that's crazy that you even brought up Naruto because I actually made a couple songs on my. Uh, actually, I didn't make a couple songs, but I made a song on my last mixtape. I, I know you ain't heard it yet, but it's like there's a song called Neji Huga on my first mixtape called uh, Ego Trip. It's on SoundCloud and everything, and it's just like you know, and on Spotify too. But I feel like I used the SoundCloud link just to get it out there. Um, and everything, and it's just like you know, yeah, it's just like concept albums, like concept songs, and everything. It's just like you focus on that character. So like on my song, on Neji Huga. Like, it's like, I I realize that it's just like Neji has that Byakugan, which like he uses to pretty much see at a 360 degree angle. And, you know, like he has the whole uh, Byakugan rotation moves and the uh, uh, 64 palms uh, techniques and everything. I feel like it's just there's so many like different dimensions to like where you can like use that like conceptually in a rap song. In my case, like I use a Byakugan in the sense of, oh, I can see all y'all fake niggas um all y'all niggas like i don't keep no fake niggas around me and whatnot like you're, you're out of my yeah mind. yeah not as hard yeah because yeah. Like, you know, but yeah. then it's like you know the 64 palms and like it's like you know this is all techniques that i'm learning this is like something i've been uh stuck with for like a while you know what i'm saying so you can't really your techniques ain't nothing to me and it's just just taking it from there it's just like there's so many different aspects and everything like that song in particular is like I spoke about it with my cousin. Like that was one of his favorite songs because, like, you know, he li- he likes anime too. So it's just like you know for him to just kind of connect with that song and like knowing that he he really like supports that song that I wrote and uh, knowing that it's just that he can like you know really not relate to the character but just relate to it on a on a sense like okay I get all those references you know because it's just like you know I was making a whole lot of anime based references off that and that's the beauty of like conceptual songs or concept albums and everything is that you know we they like they it it gains a whole lot of uh it gains a whole lot of interest for people who are fans of that genre or whatever you're you're rapping about and it also it also gives people a whole lot of relativity onto that too so it's just like you know like I, i get what you mean on that scale and everything you know yeah yeah concept concept for me like concept will always concept makes an album timeless like really you know of course you know you can do more personal concepts like as far as like your life or you know situations that's going on in the world and things of that nature um i just like to be a little bit more out of the box with it so man like i'm gonna still talk about you know real life situations but you know when we uh when we on track track uh track five and it's called um Gallic gun, you feel me? Like, it, you know, like, <laughs> like, so, yeah, man. Oh yeah, that's cool. Do you plan on using any of your uh, cultural, cultural, um, not cultural influence, but you're gonna let any of your culture from Tanzania or Ethiopia or your Seminole, um, cultural background influence your music in the future by any chance? Um, definitely. Um, it, I, it's just I want to solidify different practices, concepts, and the and the story of the culture before I do that, because I want to be able to uh, flush out the concept in a way that like makes sense, you know, that, that people can really resonate with. Cause of course I could just, you know, go find, you know what I mean? I can, I can be simple with it, but I want to be able to express it in my own way, get creative with it. So 
in order to do that, I know I have to take a little bit more time to learn the culture, especially considering I'm still ap- more acclimated to American culture. So, mm, that's that's crazy, man. No, seriously, like I feel like there's a whole lot of depth for using like your culture and your music. Also, I plan on maybe in the future probably using maybe some Afro beats or. Some, maybe some reggae in the future, uh, hopefully. I already got the beat set up and everything. It's really just a matter of, like, you know, putting that in the process uh, when I get the time. Um, because it's just, you know, like, you know, like, as a Liberian or African and everything, I really connect with those vibes and those songs and those, like, scenery of just using Afrobeat and everything. It just, it just sounds like, it seems like something that, you know, that I would definitely, like, dive into, like, myself when I get the chance. And, oh, yeah, definitely. No, it's just it's just something to say. Would you consider maybe using Afro beat or any type of reggae in any of your songs? Um, I that uh yeah, I I would consider it. Um, it's just uh, again, like I want to do so from an honest place. Like I don't want to do it just because it's like a thing. Like I want to be able to study where it came from. You know, you know, little things like that. Like so because that's that's the like if you can, it's one thing to like you know, express ideas because it's popular. It's another if you can do it and still pay respect to the culture. And that's that's huge. Like the last thing I want to do is make like an Afrobeats like song or project, what have you, and have it not be received well by the culture it came from. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, no, I feel oh, yeah, that could definitely put pressure, you know. You definitely want to do the best you can in regards to like uh, expressing yourself and through that uh through those uh through that genre and everything through that culture i really don't really see in my case i wouldn't really be so worried about how much of it is received uh, to a certain degree but just thinking that maybe i tried the best that i could to make it sound as well you know what i'm saying just make it yeah, sound yeah, for sure. like, like an afro beats type song or if it's just a rap song that's just using rap afro beats and it's like you know i just want to be able to use it to the best where the product is something that is like you know can be marketed and uh, can be something um, that the audience could uh, dwell into without, you know, feeling like, like, oh man, this is what was the point of this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, like there are a lot of people that actually like the whole Snoop Lion. Remember when Snoop Dogg went to Snoop Nine and started doing the reggae side thing for a while? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's just like I thought. Like, at first, I'm like, "What Snoop Lion? That's that's weird." But I'm thinking, like, you know, it's good to actually change some things up. You know what I'm saying? Like, try yeah. something new. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I definitely got to check out that album again, you know, just to kind of see, like, what's up with that. But I feel like that was pretty cool that he went that direction and everything um, in regards to, um, you know, I, I thought I, when I was young, I was kind of like, well, skeptical. Like, well, why would Snoop Dogg want to be a reggae artist? I know he smokes hella weed, but it's like, goodness gracious and everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's like, I feel like that's pretty good that he actually uh, switched things up uh, at his age at that time. And so on. I thought that was pretty cool. And, and everything um so it's like uh beyond like uh reggae music or afrobeats is there any other genres that you wish you want to tap into maybe a little bit of rock or something maybe country i don't know like what do you what do you into um i don't have the only genre that i really i guess is not for me would be country uh as far as the other genre just go it would really just have to be um it would have to be the right situation the right artist you know the right type of sound like what are we going for um I'm, I've been a fan of EDM in the past. Uh, definitely a fan of rock music. Um, haven't listened to any new new stuff, um, but I definitely have some some favorite rock songs. Um, uh, of course, I like um, 
just really I'm just a lover of music and sound. Um, and the great thing about hip hop is that it can incorporate all of that. Like none n- again, no stone unturned. You see how you know somebody like Lil Nas X even made a country rap record. You know what I'm saying? So even though I that's not what I want to do, there are people who like that type of music. So you know I, I don't I don't uh, before it's over, I'm gonna make at least one type of song with something uh, uh, from pretty much every um, any type of genre. Like <clears throat> I actually uh, I went through a phase when I was first making music of rapping over like EDM tracks. So that's something like that isn't new to me. Um, obviously, even in certain rock songs, they're rapping in it. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think Kid what Rock we would consider that. that. I think Kid Rock pushed that whole sense of like. Uh, people are uh, rapping and stuff of that nature, and uh, yeah. and, uh rock music mm-hmm. and whatnot. Oh, hold up, man. I think I had to... Um, but uh, yeah, man, it's just I feel like with the different genres and everything, I think meshing like uh, rap into other uh genres actually kind of makes a whole uh, not to say a masterpiece, but it's just like I feel like it makes something timeless in itself. I know we know like, historically, uh, with the uh, what was it? Run DMC and who was it? Uh, Aerosmith. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, Run DMC, Aerosmith. I believe it was Aerosmith. Okay, yeah, with yeah. the dude that was on uh, American Idol as a judge. Uh, what was his name? Steven Tyler. Yeah, yeah. This crazy. I, was, I I don't even know these people names, <laughs> but that just pops up in my head. But it's like, yeah, just stuff like rock this way and everything. I'm just like, just imagine how crazy it was back in those times and everything. You know two different genres that are usually segregated and you don't really think would like work together and like they end up working together. You know, I think that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, like even the, uh, like if you pay attention to like trap rhythms, it very much so mimics rock rhythms, which is really just old. Uh, like if you, you know, it, like when you start doing the history of like rock music, you know, we, we invented that <laughs> like really. So, you know, rock came about, as an evolution from i think uh i want to say Jimi hendrix it might be someone before him but you know if you look like if you look at somebody like Jimi hendrix who kind of like began to mold what the rock sound was um he became influential in that era but even i think rock and roll came even before that i think yeah 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 yeah. Like, the, you know what i'm saying kind of really nitpick on the where it actually started but it's like uh um i could probably look it up real quick if we want to like um let me look it up on my phone. Though. Yeah, that's uh, um, like you said. That he was just a you know when it comes to influential in rock music, like I always think of Jimi Hendrix first. You know, so yeah, man. Huh. Okay, I think rock and roll was actually read between the church and the nightclubs and the soul of a black woman in the ninety in the nineteen forties named Sister Rosetta Tharp. Mm. Yeah, okay. Crazy, you know, <laughs> and she was yeah. there before Elvis, Little Richard, and Johnny Cash, way before them. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just crazy. Uh, there's so many names, but I think that's the main originator was Sister Rosetta Tharp in the 1940s. So it's like you know, it's just crazy how influential we like. We literally, you know, <laughs> we literally switched up like so many different genres from rock, country music, the blues, jazz and everything you know it's just like all these th- different types of genre even recently like trap music you know what was trap music before like rap music obviously it's just a branch of rap music but it's just like it came into its own 
You know, right. what's the next thing and everything, or what's the next dance move and the next, you know, genre. Uh, do you feel like we might be stuck with hip hop for a couple of decades? You know, do you ever feel like hip hop could ever um just run its course? No. Um, and the only reason I say that is because hip hop is one of the only genres where you can blend the rest of the genres. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't like like you. Okay, so for example, like you've never heard a rock opera record. You know what I'm saying? You have, like did, you've had, you've heard an opera with rock elements. You've heard a rock song with opera elements. But you feel me? Like they're always too separate. Where in hip hop, it's just hip hop. Like so, if I put an electric guitar and some violins on a trap beat. You're not gonna say that uh 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 uh, uh opera trap. You're not gonna say it. it's it's just it's a hit. Like you feel me? So it's like it, it's one of those cultures where you can it blends everything, you know. So I think is I think it's here to stay because um it's really just and for me it's an embodiment of just human culture. You know, we we talked earlier about you know coming together and you know uniting under you know our common interests. And hip hop is has been one of the only coaches that does that because coaches all across the world are doing hip hop elements or doing hip hop related things, whether they dancing. Man, I've seen some. Um, uh, I can't I can't remember their specific title, but um, Indian dancers that practice like a very traditional Indian dance. Yo, they were they had yo they threw on uh, the Wayne joint the. Though, where the love go? Five, four, three, two. I let what like they had, they were dancing to that song and was combining their traditional dance with like hip hop dances. So, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, going to different places across the world and you meet people that's wearing baggy jeans, fitted to his backwards, and they graffiti writing. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, you know, I, I just saw a Filipino rap battle. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's, it's, 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 it's really like, hip-hop is a global culture you know i don't think it's going nowhere no time soon yeah and it's such a revitalizer because they can use literally any type of sound. like i was just i literally just got hooked off a timbaland and magoo song called indian flute and it was just using like indian flute samples and like a sample of like a indian girl like singing and everything and like that's part of the hip-hop song like it take from culture from india it can take from all types of cultures and everything i think that is like the craziest part about it um, yeah, and everything like it take like you know African albums, African Afro beats, or it can like sample from orchestra, like you know old old songs from back in the day. So it's kind of like a revitalizer to that extent because it brings interest into like things that you would think were forgotten or just something that you just never even thought even existed. All <laughs> hip hop can hook, put you onto other genres in that way, you know. Real man, listen, yo, <laughs> like it's all it takes is one good sample. Mm -hmm. And then you got to get it clear too. Yeah, yeah, that part, you know. But if you mix it right, you know, saying <laughs> I do not condone the stealing of intellectual property. <clears throat> yeah, uh, no, seriously. And it's just like you know, it's just it. It just it, when you look back at other songs and check out the samples they use and everything, it's just like it really ups your history on that. So it's like I feel like hip hop is like a restater of history too. Like I said, we'll revitalize her. Um, also, it's kind of like it, it kind of helps with that. So I feel like that's what we might carry hip hop for like maybe like centuries. Do you feel like it lasts for centuries? I think so, man, because mu music itself is not going anywhere. So obviously, each uh, people are going to have their own preference for what type of music they, but 
again, hip hop blends them elements. So it's like, I feel like you can find the oldest old dude that only listen to classical music. I guarantee you, if the right producer, like mixed, you know what I'm saying? That 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 old dude will become a fan of that producer or that hip hop artist. You know, yeah, so no, seriously. It's, I think it's going, man, I ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. No, seriously, man. I think that it's just, it's just, I'm so happy to even like know that I got passions within hip hop. Like I can't imagine not being in this circle, you know, even if yeah. I'm just trying to make it myself and everything and I'm still trying to put out music myself, but just kind of being part of this genre as a whole, like it's just like, there's just so much, even though there's a whole lot of dysfunction here and there, it is it, also beauty in the matter. It's just like, you can really take it anywhere. You know, you can literally do Yo, Lupe now teaches rap at MIT, fam. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like you got Knife Wonder. He's a um, uh, I believe he's he teaches uh, African American studies. Um, yeah, I think he was a professor at my university, North Carolina. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So think about like you feel me like to be Big Daddy Kane was a teacher at uh North Carolina Central University at one point too. Mm-hmm. Big Daddy Kane and uh, Play from Kid and Play. Yep. You know, uh, KRS-One is giving numerous lectures at colleges. Like, you know what I'm saying? So even, like, there is no stuff, again, anywhere, dog. <laughs> like, you can make raps about cats and then turn around and people want you to open a dang on cat clinic. Or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you really do, you know, it's about how you want to express. And that's always been the case. Always yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, we pretty much jumped over like the hour mark. We pretty much carried this whole uh, this whole episode for like a while and everything. That we got to come to a close. So I just want to ask you a question: like, Where do you see yourself in five years? And uh, then we're gonna go into a close for this. Um, in five years, man. Um, I think I see myself uh being one of the one of the staples in the culture, man. Um, just helping lead the culture in a better direction. I'm not gonna be the only one doing this, right? I ain't saying I'm gonna be the man at the man at the very, very, very top, um, but I'm definitely gonna be one of hip hop's bigger influences, um, coach at least culturally, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, of course, I see myself being wealthy and 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 being able to give artists opportunities and things of that nature, you know what I mean? Um, so that's really why I see myself in five years, man, is leading the culture, you know, making good money doing it. And, uh, you know, just really enjoying my life and, you know, good, good vibes. You know, we talked about that at the beginning. Good vibes only. So that's that's where we headed with it. Yeah, man, that's wonderful, man. Uh, Seriously. And uh, if there's anything I want to let the audience know before we go off, you definitely can go off. Um, Check out the music. Uh, Perception of everything dot com. I have a podcast as well. The Perceptive Thoughts podcast. We just we just we just crack the egg open and and talk about some real deal topics um and hopefully come to a conclusion um so definitely tap into the podcast uh if you haven't gotten a poetry book um it's called the art of inspiration the highest human act check it out it's on amazon i also have an ebook on the website all my music's on all platforms and i'm on all uh social platforms as nafi p-o-e n-a-a-f-i-e-p-o-e and i'm on the music platforms as nafi n-a-a F-I-E, check me out. We outside. And, yo, I appreciate you, man, for, for just, you know, allowing me to speak and do my thing.
Oh yeah, sure, man. No, most definitely. I appreciate you hopping on too. And since you're an artist, I want to let all my artists know. Um, there's a thing on Instagram called Crowd Freak. I'm, I just sent you the information just now, and they also got a service called Distro Freak, and they can hook you up with um uh, opportunities to perform at festivals in the future if you want to look into that. You know, you can perform at 420 Fest, perform a bond, uh, perform at Backwoods and Bonfires, and they'll upload your music to all the to all sorts of platforms from like a uh, Spotify and uh um title and everything. Like they'll drop it on everything, you know, like they're like distro kid, but they're more personal. They'll fly you out and get your own hotel and everything just to perform at a festival. It's okay. Cool. So just something I just want to put all my artists on uh, all the artists I interview. Um, I definitely want to put them on that if they want to consider going that direction, you know, try to help each other in our career. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, And also as a sidebar, um, I also help artists with intellectual property, um, setting up a marketing plan, um, as well as setting up all your business paperwork. Um, so if that's something that you're interested in, definitely hit my line. Um, I pretty much work with all price points. I have a free consultation, you know what I mean? And, you know, it's it's all set at your pace, you know. Um, so, yeah, if that's is that something that artists are interested in. Definitely tap in with your boy, man. Let's let's get let's let's help you share your art. Like, period. That's that's all I'm about. Just helping you share your art in an authentic way. So um, definitely tap in for that. All of that is also in my um, social media bios, as well as you can just go again to the website, perceptionovereverything.com. Everything is on there. Everything. Wonderful, man. That's it for the Mental Threats Podcast, episode 132. 18 more till I reach my goal. Thank you for hopping on. We're signing and then we're signing out. That's not, no, so what up and then sign. Damn, I'm messing on my own outro. Sewing in, I was sewing out. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. All right. Thank you very much.